Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Uh, just yesterday, uh, we have a, you know, a small church in Bristol, by the way. Uh, sorry, in Bristol. Of course, we have one in Bristol. What I meant to say is we have a, a, a church in Cambridge. Cambridge, actually. Uh, and uh, yesterday was actually the, the graduation ceremony uh, for the University of Cambridge. And, uh, and, and some of our church members who study there had their graduation ceremony. And, uh, you know, so, so Aaron, if you're tuning in or, or, or watching this in the future, congratulations. And so Aaron, our ex Cambridge coordinator uh, graduated yesterday and uh, you know isn't it cool uh, to kind of like think that wow uh, we have fellow believers brothers and sisters in, in Cambridge in a place that's associated with like really brainy people but they love Jesus amen how many know that intelligence is not an enemy to faith amen you can be both smart and have faith in Jesus amen God loves smart believers uh, but but more than that I was just thinking of like wow wouldn't it be cool uh, wouldn't it be so cool to, to, to have that kind of title. You know, I know for a fact that if I had the title of like University of Cambridge graduate, my parents would be so proud of me. You know, unfortunately, they just need to make do with uh, University of Sheffield. Um, you know, and, and in life, um, uh, we, we have this dream of like, man, you know, um, you know if, only I had a, if only I had a more impressive title. If only I had a more impressive title, uh, then I'll get that job. Then I'll get that opportunity. If only in front of my name was, was a DR dot, you know, uh, whether that's game from PhD or medical school, doesn't matter, titles, right? And a lot of us here, we, we wish we had better titles. Uh, how many of you, like me, sometimes when you book, uh, 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 you know, I'm not sure if all the airlines have it, but I know definitely Malaysian airlines, maybe it's an Asian thing. And so I, I travel in Malaysian airlines a lot. And I don't know why, but when you book a ticket, on the, on, they have a special tab on titles. And it's not just the usual like Mr., Mrs., Miss. You know, it's got all the other dignitaries, you know, your excellency, you know, and all these kind of things. And there are times where I feel so tempted to just click on a fake title, hoping that you'll give me a free upgrade. And in life, sometimes we think that if only we had the right name, the right connection, the right title, it will open up doors for us. And, and I want us to know that, you know, uh, uh, titles can be very alluring, you know. If it's not this kind of like graduate titles, it's, it's other type of titles. How many of you would love to one day have the title of like CEO? Wow. You know, or founder. Wow. Or maybe for some of us, it's more personal. The title you're looking for is to be a mom, to be a dad, you know. Or maybe the title of success. You know, or the title of history maker, whatever it is. And when you know that at the end of the day, all these titles uh, can be very gratifying um, and really maybe even help open some doors. Let's, let's be real. You know, the world is shallow in that way. Um, but I want you to know that God has a better title for us. Regardless of your background, regardless of your education background, your racial background, your social economical background, the Lord has a title for you and it's called the child of God. The Lord has a title for you called good and faithful servant. 
And that's such a powerful title because, friends, that's the only title that matters. When you see God face to face, God doesn't care whether you're CEO. God doesn't care whether you're married or not. God doesn't care, you know, whether you have, I don't know, a, 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 a fancy uh, a degree or did you just graduate from high school. God doesn't care. The one title that God is actually interested to bestow upon us is the title of good and faithful servant. And that's what we want to look at today. Amen? And so, let's turn to Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to read from verse 14 to 30. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30. And, um, and if you're taking down notes, I'm going to give you the best title I've ever come up with. And the title is called The Best Title. I'm not lying. It's just the best. It's the best. Which title? The best. The best title. Because friends, good and faithful servant is the best title we can receive from God. And God, good news, God, so loving, wants to, wants to. He's letting us know in advance of time that there will be a prize. And I want to give you that prize. How many are glad that God's not some evil, mean, cruel teacher who throws you a pop quiz? No, no, no. God wants you to pass. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to come into His presence and, and be bestowed and honoured and lifted up with a prize. And, and for Him to convey upon us the best title of good and faithful servant. And to help us unpack this, let's look at the scripture that actually references that. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30, we're going to read. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. This is where we get this teaching. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to them, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. 
For to everyone who has more, more will be given, and he who will he and will he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh wow, what an encouraging ending! Uh, <laughs> but this is the word of God, and God is saying to us that hey. The only title that matters is not bishop, not pastor. And I'm speaking this to myself as well. Sometimes it's very easy for people to look and go like, oh, pastor Dave, of course he's going to make it. He's a pastor. But end day, it's not going to be my pastor title that's going to make it to heaven. In fact, I'm going to go in there empty. And, and the Lord, depending on the Lord's righteous judgment, you know, I hope to receive from Him, you know, this commendation that says, good and faithful. And so this is God's reminder to all of us. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is what He is about. This is what God is about. This is what God came to establish. God came to give everyone a purpose. God came to include everyone. God came with a heart to have everybody win. Uh, but to win, we got to be faithful. Amen? And so here, uh, I've got three points for us that will help us to receive the best title that we can ever receive. To be able to stand there and say, and we hear from God, well done, good and faithful servant. And from this passage of scripture that we read, there are three things that we need to be reminded of. And the first point is this, responsibility. Responsibility. All of us have a responsibility from God. This is God's kingdom. He called His servants and He entrusted to them certain responsibilities. What has God placed in your hand? What has God placed in your hands? All of us have at least the gift of salvation. So all of us here are at least like that one servant with that one gift, that one talent, because it says that, that He gave His goods to them. So what we have is not something cheap. What we have is a gift from God. Your salvation is a gift from God. Your, your other abilities are a gift from God. But no matter what, we have a responsibility. And not only that, our responsibility as, as Christians is to be servants in the kingdom of God. And, and that's our responsibility. Sometimes we think that, oh, you know, God saved me and, and my only responsibility is to live my best life now. No, our responsibility is to serve the Master. And to live out His purposes and His will. And so our responsibility is to be servants. And what do servants do? Servants do at least three things. Servants serve. Of course, duh. But servants also steward. Steward means that you take care of what's already been entrusted with you. Recently on Netflix, there's this little comedy, uh, you know, it's in the man versus bee. And I won't say too much. I won't give it away. But it's, it's funny. It's a comedy. And it's about this house sitter uh, that went to a rich man's house and, um, and, and things go chaotic and disastrous because there was this one bee. And, 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 and in that show, you show, it showed that this person was a poor steward. You know, he was a poor steward. He didn't take care of the things that was entrusted to him. You know, the dog, the, the cars, the house. The, he, he wasn't a good steward. That's what servants do. We, we, God gives us opportunities. God gives us things. And the question we've got to ask is this. Have we been taking care of them? Or have we been taking care of ourselves only? 
Because you see, we are, we are created to serve. We are created to serve. You know, and the question is this, are you serving God or yourself? And so God is saying that, hey, servants, serve. Servants, be good stewards. And the least you could do is sow. Right? Which is like to put it in, in, the, in, the, in the bank with some interest. At least so. And, and so, you know, the, the question is, have you been living up to your responsibility? You see, the, the, the passage of Scripture that we read uh, ended pretty judgmental. But it, it's, it's not, to sh- the, the focus is not to say that, oh, we serve a judgmental God. No, we serve a God who wants us to pass. If a teacher tells you that, hey, End of this semester, there will be an exam. And if you fail the exam, you're not going to graduate. That lecture is not being mean. That lecture is not being evil. That lecture is being compassionate. He's trying to tell you that, that this semester, there will be distractions. This semester, there will be holidays. This semester, there will be Netflix. This semester, there will be Christmas and, and different things that, that, that might get in your way. But hey, I'm letting you know in advance, there will be an exam. So prepare for the exam. Because if you fail the exam, you're going to fail your course. And so God is saying that, hey, my people, I love you guys. Are you living as servants? Or are you living as you please? You see, as Christians, sometimes we we think, we assume, I I love uh, uh, one of the most profound things I caught last week from Pastor Cat's message is that are we engaging with God or are we assuming and a lot of times we think we're praying, but we're assuming. We assume that God is for us. We assume that, that there's nothing in our life that needs changing. We assume. And so God is saying that, hey, your servants, don't assume. Serve His kingdom. Amen? And serve it in a worthy manner. Serve it by being good stewards. And serve God. Don't just, it is so tempting to live for ourselves. Don't, because the master will come back one day. So serve him. Amen. I love the fact that good and faithful, while it looks like pretty unobtainable, because if I ask anyone here, how many of you think that you're good? I don't think a lot of people will raise their hands. You know, how many of you think that you're faithful? Maybe some people will raise their hands and maybe a lot of people won't. But, but I love that good and faithful were the adjectives of the servant to teach us that we become like who we serve. You see, God is good and He is faithful. And so how do we become good and faithful? Not with our own strength, not with our own ability, not with our own know-how. It's by the one that we serve. When we serve our master, we, we cannot help but become more like Him. And God is saying that we have a responsibility, Christians, to look like our master. So the other question we're going to ask ourselves this is like, are you looking more like your master or less? Amen? And this is not some random new teaching. Even even Jesus, Jesus says the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. Do you see that even Jesus was modeling this out? He was just wanting to be with the Father and be like the Father. And, And He's asking us, He's inviting us to do the same. And so if we want to receive that best title, then we need to be mindful and ask ourselves, you know, are we serving Jesus? That's the best indicator. When you look at your life and if you, if you find that your life is, is less than, than good, you know, your, your, your life is less than faithful, 
Maybe it's a hard check to go like, maybe you've not been serving the true Jesus. You see, sometimes we can make an idol out of church. Oh, I go to church, so I'm a Christian. Really? Oh, uh, uh, I, I, I went to Sunday school when I was a kid, so I'm a Christian. You know, some people might even tell you that, oh, my family are Christian, so I was born a Christian. But nowhere does it say that that's the case. God is saying that your servants of the Most High God, he, he, are you becoming more like Him? If you're not, maybe it's time to course correct. But if you are, great, stay on track. Speaking of stay on track, the thing about responsibility is that it's also our own initiative. You see, nobody can force the servant to serve. If you force a servant to serve, it's called a slave. And God is not here to create slaves. God is saying that, I, I want you to be part of my kingdom. And because I'm the king, you are my servants. And God is not some evil taskmaster because as you, as you read it, you know, uh, that there will be a day soon where we will be upgraded from servants to citizens and, and co-rulers of the, of the kingdom of God because it says there that, wow, you were so faithful. I'm so proud of you. Come into the joy of the Lord. Come and share with my joy. Come and share in my banquet. Come. You know, and, and so God is saying that there will be a time where we meet Him face to face and, 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 and there will be no more striving. But until then, we're meant to serve His kingdom. And how do you serve God's kingdom? By serving others. By being a good steward of the opportunities that God has placed in your life. By sowing into other people's life. And nobody can force you to do it. Nobody. And that's why it's so important for us to remember we have a responsibility. Turn to your friend and say, I have a responsibility. Amen? You have a responsibility to love. You have a responsibility to forgive. You have a responsibility to, to pray. You have a responsibility to, to, to accept people. You have a responsibility to love, friends. And so let us never forget. Amen? The second thing we got to remember is this, and be mindful is that we not only have a responsibility, but all of us, we have an ability. Or for some of us, we are blessed. You have abilities. But for all of us, we have at least one ability. In verse 15, it says, to each was given according to his own ability. And so God gave some five, God gave some two, God gave some one. But all of it, you see, on the surface, it can look like, oh, wow, God's not very fair. No, no, no. God is very fair because He's giving each according to His own ability. God is saying that for some people, you can juggle five things, so here's five balls. So for some, you, 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 can't, uh, you, you can only juggle two balls, so here's two balls. For some, you can't juggle at all, so here's one ball. And so God is doing it out of love. God is doing it so that you have the most opportunity to pass and to excel. And you notice that God's not really interested in the 10. God's just interested in the percentage. Five, get five, that's 100% growth. Right? Or my math is bad. You might say 200%, but you know what I'm saying. You know, two get two, same ratio. And if one generates another one, that's the same percentage of growth. And God is all about equalizing the playing field. And so some of us here, we... we because we, we look at this and, we, go, and we, we, we start despising our abilities and we think that, you know, you know why, why God 
you know, why, why doesn't God give me that ability? If only I had that ability. How many of us have been there before? If only I had that connection. If only I had that talent. If only I was born in that country. If only I was taller. If only I was this. If only I was that. And God is saying that, no, don't waste your time comparing abilities. Every ability is from Him. And, and, and not only that, every ability, each was given a talent connected to their ability. And so every talent also represents opportunities. And so God is saying that, hey, based on your ability, there are opportunities in your life to excel. There are opportunities in your life to impact somebody. And so God is saying that, are you, are you focusing on that? You know, I wrote here, don't wish for somebody else's ability when you haven't used yours. Are you using your God-given ability? Some of us were thinking, oh, I, I, I can't, you know, uh, I, I don't know how to talk to my friends. You know, all my friends are, are asking all sorts of questions about faith and I, I don't have the brains. Oh, if only, if only I had the brains. But God is saying that, you know, and take this the right way, I, I made you without brains. No, we all have brains, okay? So it's just, you know, and God is saying that, hey, what you think you lack is not a lack. You were designed and, 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 you know, to, to be like that. Not dumb, but that's just not your gifting. But you have a gifting. Maybe your gifting is not, you know, high intelligence. Maybe your gifting is that you are a true, sincere friend. And at the end of the day, which one matters more? The friend who can answer every question or the friend who's always there? And a lot of us, we want to be the friend that can answer all the questions, thinking that it is by the answering of questions that my friends will come to know Jesus. But maybe it's by consistently, patiently. How many believe that patience is a gift? How many say that you, how many believe that you don't have that gift? You know, you know how many believe you have that gift? You know, some, some people here. It's a gift. And a lot of us here, we are despising our own ability. God's given us an ability to endure more than other people can. And it is in the enduring that we're able to use our God-given ability to link with our God-given opportunities and make an impact in somebody's life. Some of us here, you know, you're gifted. Great, use those giftings. Another thing is this, are we using our abilities for the kingdom of God? You see, abilities are neutral. That's why in the world, it's not just Christians who are very talented. There are a lot of very talented musicians out there. There are a lot of very talented actors and actresses out there. There are a lot of very gifted entrepreneurs out there who don't know God. And God is so good, so gracious, so loving that He generously gives to all. But here's the key difference. You know, are you using yours for the kingdom? You see, some of us, we have an ability. And, but we tell God we don't have ability. And we use that same ability to work for our boss. And so our boss becomes like our God. And so we become more like our boss. And if we don't become good and faithful, we become hard-hearted and conniving because our boss is a hard taskmaster. And yet we say, but I don't have. It's not like, Pastor, you don't understand. It's not like I don't want to serve. I, I can't. I don't know how. No, no, no. We all have a gifting. And not only that, faithfulness grows our abilities. 
You know, the abilities, the two became four because they were faithful with the two. Are you faithful with yours? And I'm not just, this, this, many times we read this passage and we think that this is about serving in church. I'm, I'm not talking about serving in church, even though serving in church is very important. But, but these gifts ultimately is for the growth and the expansion of God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is, is, is you know, bigger than the church. It's to impact the people, you know, outside the four walls of the church. So the question is this, have you been using that? Let me, let me give you this example. Let's say God's blessed you with a job. You know, we, we have some, some pharmacists in church. Let's just use that as an example. So God's given you his ability. You were smart enough. Do you know that pharmacists are very smart? Do you know that it's the same qualification to get into pharmacy school and to go to med school, if I'm not mistaken? Like, you're equally brilliant. But they chose to go into pharmacy. And so you have, you're smart enough, so you have ability. You're really intelligent. And God, through faithfulness, the ability, God gave you an opportunity. God gave you a shot. You got a job. And then at your workplace, the next question I got to ask is this. Are you therefore now being good stewards of the ability? Are you just using that to just go through the 9 to 5? And don't get me wrong, 9 to 5 is pretty tough. There are days where we just want to make it through the day. Amen? Right? Where you just go like, I just want to show up, do my job, and get out. Don't talk to me. I got no time for that. I don't even have time for lunch. And, and, and sometimes we go through that. It's okay. Don't, don't give me, no God. You know, our master is very understanding. There are days where life is like that. But have we, after a while, made an excuse that that's just how we roll? A job is a job. And God is maybe here telling some people, your job is not just a job. Some of us here, we, we think that, oh, okay, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I only have one year in the UK. And God is trying to tell you that one year is not just a one year. And, and too many times we waste our opportunities. God gave us three years in a, in a particular city and we use those three years for ourselves. We use, we use those three years to serve ourselves to serve our self-interest, to travel where we want to travel. Maybe we need to go like, God, I repent. God, with the remainder six months, three months, however long I have, God, how, how can me being here, me being in this university, me being in this city, me being in this dorm, how can I impact someone? Who is there? There must be somebody. And God is saying that, and if, even if you feel like you can't, at least sow, at least be an encouragement, at least generate some interest. And so let me just paraphrase a little bit. The people that you hang around with, are they showing more interest in God or less interest? After hanging out with you, are they more interested or less interested? And God is saying that the least you could do, you know, some of us, we are gifted. You know, I, 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 I'm, can I be honest, honest past the moment here? There are times where I'm so jealous. There are some people that I go like, wow, you're so gifted in, in just winning people to Christ. You know, I see some people, they can just sit down and, and they just have the right tone of voice. You know, even the way they speak is just so soothing to the ear. 
And, and then they just, you know, just know the right words to say. Some, some people, they, they are just built by God in the right way to give the best hugs. And all they need to do is sit there and, and say, do you need a hug? <laughs> and just by hugging the person, feels the love of God and gives his life to Jesus. And I go like, gosh, I had that. If only I had that. And God is saying that, hey, everybody has a different gifting. Don't get jealous. Don't despise your own gifting. But the least you could do is just shine for me. The least you could do is generate some interest. And so friends, what are the abilities that God has given you? What are the opportunities? If you don't like the word ability, opportunity. Replace it. What are the opportunities God has given you? And are you using them to generate interest for God? Because that's what God is after. This is not me trying to pour cold water on your Christian walk, but I'm just telling you, this is what Jesus is looking for at the end of the day. He's looking for good and faithful servants. Will we be servants for life? No. That's, that's why at the end of the passage, the, 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 the good and faithful ones were, were upgraded, promoted. But God is saying that you're not going to be on planet Earth forever. You're going to enter eternity one day and see God face to face. Planet Earth is a fraction of eternity. Are you using that life, that one life for God? Are you using this one life to generate souls for God? Amen? Point number three is accountability. Accountability. To one day be able to receive the title of good and faithful servant, we have a responsibility that we need to upkeep. We have an ability that we got to stop bearing, stop despising, start operating in confidently. Be who God created you to be. But point number three, accountability. Accountability. In verse 19, Scripture says, and then the Lord came, and settled accounts with them. The scariest words, you know, settled accounts. God is saying that, hey, I love you. One day, I'm going to come back and settle accounts, not just with you, but with the whole earth. In fact, if you read from verse 31 to 46 of the same chapter, we don't have time to turn to you, you can go back, do your homework. Jesus saying the Son of Man will come back one day with His angels and, and they're going to settle accounts with the world. And a lot of us, we're we very uncomfortable. We, we like the idea of a loving God, but we, we kind of like go like, you know, uh, can you maybe not talk so much about the, the, the God that will come back in judgment one day, but love and justice coexist. You know, there cannot be a loving a, a, a a loving God is also a God that values justice. And aren't you glad that we have a loving God who executes justice and not a mean and cruel God? And God is saying that I will come back and I'm letting you know in advance because I want you to pass, I want you to make it, I want to call you not phonies, but good and faithful servants. But one day, God is saying that I am going to come back and I'm going to separate the truly righteous and the phonies. I'm going to come back and, and I'm going to sort everything out. And God's going to righteously judge. And I know we don't like to talk about this in church a lot, but even as I was 
led by God to share from this scripture today, I noticed that the whole passage scripture that we read, in Matthew 25, 14 to 30, that's, that's roughly about, my math is not very good, 16 verses. And from verse 19, it says, The Lord came and settled accounts with them. In other words, of the 16 verses, five verses were on the briefing of the master and the business that was made, and 11 verses was on the accounting. Guess what God is trying to get us to focus on? And if you read on after verse 30, all the way from verse 31 to verse 46, that's an additional 15 verses of more accounting. And God is saying to us that, hey, there needs to be accountability. I'm going to come back one, one day and hold the world accountable for every action. And, and on that day will be a beautiful day for some and a scary day for others. Let, let's, let's not, you know, uh, be foolish here. We live in a very broken world. And there are a lot of people in the world that, that are up to no good. And it's so unfair, you can read the news, but it's so unfair that, that, that sometimes the people that are up to no good are also in positions of most power, right? I don't need to get political, but you know what I'm saying. You know, that there, there are a lot of uh, unfair, unjust, inhumane governments operating in this world. And even governments that are seemingly democratic, now I sound like a communist, but I'm not. Even governments that seemingly look very democratic, they have the things, the dirty deeds and the dirty secrets. Basically, no one is, is, is righteous by themselves. And there are a lot of secrets, not conspiracy theories, but a lot of secret deeds hidden. Secret corruption secret murders, secret, um, you know, prejudice. Lots of things. And God is saying that I'm going to come back one day and I'm going to hold all of these people. They thought they could run away. I'm going to hold them accountable. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, if, if, if this passage of Scripture uh, uh, it was a superhero movie, basically point number three is, is saying that you know, the hero will come back and, and exact justice. You know, it's like, you know, the Dark Knight Rises, Batman will come back. And the whole Gotham City can be in chaos and ruins and the villains think that they've, they've, they've taken control. But, but you know, the, the, the hero will come back to save the day. And Jesus is giving us assurance, no matter how rough life gets, I will come back. He's the first one who said it even before Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. I'll be back and I will make it all right. So make sure that when I come back, you're on the right side. And, and I'm saying this to myself. I know in the past few weeks, we've been talking about the love of God. And, and this doesn't negate the love of God. In fact, this proves it. God loves us so much that He tells us in advance, I'm going to come back to right every wrong. I'm letting you know in advance because I don't want you to get caught in the crossfires. And so, the last point I'm trying to get across about accountability is this. We need to start having a healthy fear of God. 
You see, that can be an unhealthy fear of God. Oh, no, I don't, I don't want, oh, oh God, oh, no. No, there, there are some people that don't, you know, they have an unhealthy fear, they, they're not interested. That's one form of unhealthy fear. Every time you try to mention about God, they go like, they ah, don't talk about it, ah, go away, go away, go away. Right? It makes them nervous, whatever. That, that's an unhealthy fear. Some of us, we have another type of unhealthy fear where we think that God can never love us. God can never forgive us. And we think that God is out to betray us. And, you know, and, and that's also unhealthy and irrational fear of God. But we need to have a healthy fear of God. And, and, and this, is, this is not about getting to heaven. This is not, I'm not trying to tell you that you need to be good to get to heaven. No, I'm saying that God has already offered you a place in heaven. You just need to respond to the offer in the right way. You see, you know, when one day, maybe, not for everyone, I got to clarify, but maybe one day, some of us here, we will experience the joy of, of marriage. And, you know, whether you, you've seen it happen in real life or watch a show, many times it happens when one person proposes. And then, of course, the person says, yes, yes, yes! Right? And how many know that after saying yes, that the person's life, they need to respond to the proposal in a way that honors the proposal. Right? You can't go like, yes, yes, oh, I love it, I love it. I'm going to wear this on Thursdays. Thursdays? Yeah. Yeah, because on, on, you know, on Friday, I got that thing at work and a lot of cute guys there, so I can't, I can't really risk showing my bling, just in case there's a better fish. What am I, better fish? Don't, don't you love me? No, 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 of course I love you. Of course. But you know, but you understand, right? Like, you know, like, I'm gunning for that promotion, and my boss is kind of interested in me, so if I put a ring on, it will, it will kind of like, you know, hinder that promotion happening, so if I don't wear the ring, Maybe my boss will think that I can play ball. Maybe I'll flip with a little bit. And then, but once I get the job, then I'll wear the ring. That's not the deal. I'll replace the ring with faith. Replace the ring with conviction. So a lot of times we think that I want Jesus, but I want to mess around too. I want Jesus, but I want to live life my own ways according to my own rules. And God is saying that, am, am I offering this free gift of salvation to everyone? Yes. And is everybody allowed to say yes? Yes. But how many know that a yes is not a simple yes? If you really want to know if the person that you propose to is really committed, it's more than the yes. It's the yes through their actions. Because sometimes we can say yes with our mouth but we say no with our actions. How many of us are saying yes to God with our mouths, but in our daily lives, we're saying no to Him. In front of our friends, we're saying no to Him. You know, when we have a bad day, we're saying no to Him. Do you understand? God is saying that, hey, I will come back and there will be an accounting. But I want you to know I want you to know, I know that it's not always going to be easy to be in this committed, long-distance relationship. But I will come back. 
and, and I want, I want, God is saying, I want to find you ready and waiting. And, and that's why we, we need to remind ourselves, man, God will come back. And when, we don't know. It could be later this afternoon. Don't, don't try to be smart and go like, oh, but technically the signs of the revelation saying the sun needs to be eclipsed and the moon needs to turn blood red. No, if God wants to come back, now He can. <laughs> of course He didn't, if you're listening to this. But maybe by the time you're listening to this in the future, He might have. You get the point. We don't know. So how? By reminding ourselves that we have a God that holds us to account. And we need to, you know, we need to go like, you know, first of all, recognize our weaknesses. Recognize, first of all, yes, we have a responsibility. Yes, we also have abilities. But we also have our own disabilities, our own issues, our own temptations, our own struggles. And one day, God will hold us account. So in the meantime, I gotta, how do I get out of those dysfunctions? I got to remind myself, hey, let me work on them ASAP. Let me not procrastinate. You see, God is not against you working on it, but a lot of times we procrastinate. We think that I have all the time in the world to repent. I'll repent next Monday. And, and that kind of attitude won't create because when you serve that, you're serving not God, you're serving procrastination. You're serving the flesh. And sooner or later, you will become more and more like the flesh. And you will become more and more procrastinated. And one day when God comes back, you're going to find yourself like, whoa, Jesus. And if you read on in verse 31 to verse 46, Jesus says, that, hey, you guys, you guys are amazing. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And the people are saying, that, when, when, when do we do this? And Jesus is saying, that when you did it to the least of them, you do it to me. In other words, he's saying that, well done, these good and faithful servants, because you use every opportunity. You're responsible all the time and you use every opportunity to use your God-given ability to love and show kindness and compassion and generate interest for me. I love you guys. Come and share my joy. But then there's another group of people who's, who, who, who basically go like, Jesus said, when I was naked, you didn't clothe me. When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was in prison, you didn't visit me. And then they go like, God, when did we see you and didn't do it? And God says that when you didn't do it to one of them, you didn't do it to me. See, a lot of times we think that, oh, you know, uh, I'm doing a bit of good works, it's good. I, I, I'm pleasing God. No, God is saying it's about consistency. It's not just about the big events. A lot of times I meet Christians who go, oh yeah, I, Pastor, don't you know, I went for mission trip one time. One time, okay, one time. That one time doesn't count. But when you see every day as a mission, that counts. When you see everywhere as a mission field, that counts. Oh, pastor, the, 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 the one bad example I hear from young people all the time is when they come to university, they go, oh, pastor, you know, I used to be very on fire. In high school, I was the Christian Union, Christian Fellowship president. And I wish sometimes I'd tell them, yeah, that one high school event doesn't count. 
It's not just about at that time you were really on fire. Are you on fire now? And we've got to be mindful. How, how, do we maxim, how, how do we basically prepare ourselves for point number three is to keep short accounts. Keep short accounts. Don't, don't, don't think that you have all the time, but keep short accounts. If you messed up, immediately repent. You know, get some accountability in your life because we will be held account one day sooner or later. So start now. Get comfortable with the fact so that we don't miss the big accounting that God will give. Amen? I know this message started being called the best title, but I know some people here, this might be the outrage message. But, no, this is God's Word. And I'm preaching this to myself. I, I, I too want to, want, I, don't, I too don't want Jesus to pass me by. And I too have responsibilities to keep. I too have abilities that God has given me and opportunities that only God has given me. And I don't want to mess them up. I want to maximize on them and I pray that God will help you too. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your word and God, I know you love us so very much. And so God, you tell us this lovingly as a warning. And so God, I know that in your word, you're telling us not to despise, not to despise our abilities and the connections you've given us, but to start using them. God, we pray right now. Lord, help us to be content in you. Help us to be content in you. Lord, help us to see you as our source of everything. Help us to see serving you as life's greatest honour. And serving you is not about going full time. It's, it's about serving you all the time. See friends, you don't need to be like me to be in full time ministry. In fact, all of us were meant to be full time Christians. And God is saying that there's a responsibility. I can't force you to be obedient. I can't force you to honour God. God is looking for free will servants who will see His gifts in our lives and make the most out of it. And so God, I pray right now, help us to use our finances. Help us to use our 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 personality. Help us to use our connections. Help us to use uh, just even our giftings. Help us to use just the different opportunities. Help us to use our jobs. Help us to use our studies. Help us to use everything, God, to serve You, to sow into Your kingdom. Help us to be good stewards. Help us to grow our abilities. Help us not to despise our abilities, but help us to grow them. And God, we pray also that Lord, help us never forget that You will come back one day. And God, we don't want to be caught off guard. We want to be found faithful, ready to welcome You. We want to be rejoicing on those days, not panicking. And so God, help us to fix our eyes on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? 
Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.